You are listening to the Ghost Light Podcast, Season 1, Episode 5, A Mirror Up to Nature. Okay, well, I am going to say first off, again, as, as with last episode... We uh, did not do the episode description before the theme music because I am once again uh, pre-threatening you that next season we will be going into a 60-second challenge. Uh, everybody familiar with the 60-second challenge? Have you heard some of them, Ben? I have, yeah. Yes, you have. You're, are you are you an avid listener to Ramjack or just occasional? Um, You put me on the spot because uh-huh. I haven't listened to it in a while. Okay, uh, but but you have listened but to yes, it. But yes, I've listened to almost all of uh, Mr. That, Belvedere, Say by the Bell. That would be where you, where you are familiar with the uh, the concept they watch nights uh well They're probably <laughs> yes yes for for uh for for episode six i will probably actually steal a uh, a uh, prime example of either mr couples or or mr uh green doing a 60 second challenge and and play it in the episode for us mm-hmm. to uh, all learn exactly what it is but here is the description as uh imdb as I said, they keep getting shorter and and less good. So here's the description from IMDb for this episode, Mirror Up to Nature. Jeffrey assumes direction of Hamlet, and Richard and Holly assume that a disaster is just around the corner. Oliver's ghost frees Ellen's pet chameleon, and voila, sorry, as it says here, actually, I'll, I'll read it uh, as, as it's printed. Uh, Oliver's ghost frees Ellen's pet chameleon, and Viola... <laughs> Ophelia is recast. Davis? No, Viola is in a different play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it that's says that night. It's a, Seriously? Yeah. So, so it says Oliver's ghost frees Ellen's pet chameleon, and Viola, Ophelia is recast, period. That's the whole description. They misspelled that. Of course they did. Jeez. They used spell check. They relied on spell check. It is a word. It is a word. It is a word, yeah. And a character. It is a word. Yeah. Word up. All right. <laughs> um... So, uh, let's see. Oh, the, uh, the episode title, A Mirror Up to Nature, is actually a quote from Hamlet. Um, this is a, uh, this is, uh, I didn't write down scene and act. Uh, it is, it is the, uh, scene in which Hamlet is directing the players in the, uh, scene that they are going to, per- or the, uh, the play they are going to perform with, uh, Hamlet's additions to the play, uh, to, uh, catch the conscience of the king, as it were. Um, so anyway, the uh, passage, he is uh, using his power of direction to direct the, uh, the players, and he says, uh, Suit the action to the word, the word to the action, with this special observance that you o'erstep not the modesty of nature, for anything so o'erdone is from the purpose of playing, whose end, both at the first and now, was and is, to hold, as twere, the mirror up to nature, to show virtue her own feature, scorn her own image, and the very age and body of the time, his form and pressure. I wonder how many drama teachers have read that to their students. I wonder if Oliver himself has quoted that to his players at some point. I'm right. sure it's a very well-known yes. passage about the nature of acting in theater. Yeah, so they, they, there are scholars that think that this is that the, the entire passage, which is uh, there are two two longer that that is part of one of the two longer passages that he that he speaks to them at the, in the scene, is a uh, is a uh, window into Shakespeare's own directing methods, um, and they think it's the first modern you know modern shakespearean and on description of the uh the uh process of performance and the process of directing oh the first uh use of meta 
Uh, I'm not sure if it's the first play within a play that was ever done, but uh, it's definitely the first uh, the first time that the description of the method of the of direction is is uh, is within the play. Right, but not so much a play within a play, but a playwright comment about himself within the play. There you go. Yes, so that that is a uh, a meta level. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's how the uh, episode gets its title. Uh, does anybody have any broad strokes? I know that everybody is probably eagerly waiting for us to finish this recording tonight so they can go off and find out what the heck happens at the end. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know that uh, I know that a week ago when we first watched this episode, Darcy and I said, Darcy said, uh, and now we have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and such is the uh, yeah, I know. perils of the intro cast. It's been tough. I will say before we even get into it, mm. I like I'm watching this on uh, Amazon, mm-hmm. and I like on Amazon how I think it's a picture of Jeffrey and Oliver, and then Rachel McAdams is kind of like photoshopped in. Oh, and it's it's interesting to me because she's obviously the biggest star that come out of this, but at the time she wasn't. So I'm wondering if that was made, you know, post Notebook. Yes, post notebook, post because uh, notebook would have come Traveler's out in like wife. what twenty two thousand four, I think. Right, right. Yeah. So a year from when this is up, uh, yeah, just, airing, so. just just after this was shot, yeah, just at the end of when this was airing was when that was a release, when that release date happened. It's just funny to see you see that a lot in uh, older movies when some big gigantic Hollywood star has a small bit part, suddenly they're like giant on the poster or the the DVD box or whatever. Yeah, especially if it's a lower budget film, you'll see someone who's a who's a side player that is suddenly the poster or the video box. Oh, yeah. Like, Samuel L. Jackson's a good example because he's in a ton of stuff in the 80s. And before Pulp Fiction, like, that was, like, his big breakout role. So, like, you look at those old DVDs from the 80s and they'll have his name listed even though he's got maybe three minutes worth of screen time. Anyways, I just, I just uh, when I hit play today, it had been a while since I had hit play. Yeah. So I, I noticed... You know, oh yeah, Rachel McAdams is prominently displayed right now. Look at that. Well, after we get through the episode description, I will be asking for predictions, because this is a particularly apt time to ask for descriptions as the uh, penultimate episode as we're about to go into, so uh, just be prepared for that. Uh, are we ready to launch into episode description? Amy, did you have anything to say ahead of time? Nope, not really. That's I'm fine. ready to go on to scene by scene. I, I have quite a few scene by scene notes. Oh, good. Excellent. Mine may be a little slim. I did, uh, I did rush a little. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, uh, and, uh, yeah, no, that comes later. Never mind. All right. (laughs) Okay, into the episode. As we open, Jeffrey is working on getting May up to date in her hospital bed. She did not keel over and die at the end of the last episode. Right. I actually have a note here that says, good, May is not dead. Yes. So do I. I In in my own notes, I wrote, I was hugely relieved to learn that May was still alive. Right. Yes. Um... So yes, uh, Jeffrey's getting her up to date, starting off with the mundane mundanity of uh, Anna bleaching her teeth, and uh, then moving into the description of what's going on with the play and some of the issues that he's having with uh, various players. And uh, just at the end, uh, she's uh, getting ready to say something about Richard, and Richard appears just then, and uh, Richard wants her to say that he's very sorry and that, uh, not to steal anybody's <laughs> quote, but Holly means well. <laughs> Of course she does. <laughs> I just I love the look on May's face when, when he says that. Right. Mm-hmm. I wrote I wrote in my notes. 
does he actually believe that himself, or does he just want May to believe that so that she won't get any more upset? I think that he actually does believe that in this yeah. M- yeah. time and moment. He does. I think that he's kind of freaked out that they almost killed her, and he is trying to save some face or, you know, take a step back. But then when he meets up with Holly a little bit later, she drags him back down. Right. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a little bit of humanity shining through. I think... I I'm- think. Uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll I'll talk about it as it comes up. I I don't want to I don't want to lead the witnesses. <laughs> right, right. right. Uh, but then that's a, it's a very short cold open, really. It's a, just a, yeah. a little a little scene lit, and it goes right into the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the credits, Jack is uh, rehearsing the show after a fashion, just uh, not so much with any uh, semblance of the language involved. Uh, Jeffrey really says he kind of wants Oliver to do something about it, but all that really happens is that they uh, have a big argument and interrupt rehearsal. Yeah. Can yeah. I? Oh, go ahead, Amy. Um, I took some, some notes on this. I put, I'm actually going to disagree with Oliver and agree with Frank and Cyril's opinion of Jack's acting. One of them says, it's the method. He's making it his own. That's how they do it in America. I thought, well, this was my first impression, but then as the episode went on, I kind of revised this a little. But my first impression was that Jack's, by using modern English, Jack is getting across the meaning of his lines and making the play more accessible, which may just be what it needs to attract a larger audience and get people's more get people's attention more mm-hmm. and make them think and feel in response to the play again, which is already Jeffrey's stated goal. I don't have a problem with the modern English per se. The problem is that it comes across as really strange to have Jack as Hamlet speak modern English to Ellen as Gertrude, who responds in Elizabethan English. If everybody were using modern English, it would work, but not this contrast is coming off as really weird. And then later on in the episode, they talk, uh, Jack explains he does know the actual lines that Shakespeare wrote, Mm -hmm. and he'll say them when he feels right, when he feels like he can own them. And then at that part, I nodded and went, yeah, you go, Jack. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm on board with Jack in this episode, too. I'm glad that, compared to last episode, I'm glad that this episode is, this episode is way better than I was, that I was hoping for. Mm. So that's good. And a lot of it has to do with, everybody's not taking a shit on Jack anymore, or he's actually proving himself a little bit. Right. And yeah. Really, I really like that about this episode. Well, I thought it was interesting. Oh, go ahead. Go Same, ahead. Yeah, I agree. That was awesome. Go ahead, uh, Darcy. Well, what, what, what I thought was interesting is that everybody, I mean, I understand that he, you know, he's using this modern English to, to explore his character, but what kind of surprises me is that the rest of the crew, the rest of the actors, are not aware that this is uh, uh, something that many actors use mm-hmm. in order to, you know, find uh, it, it, it's any acting class you the take. Character. Yeah, any acting class you take, this is always something you do. You always have to do. It's called you know, subtext rehearsals. Interesting. So I just think it's interesting that none of the other actors are aware of this. And I do understand that, you know, it's getting late on in rehearsal and, hey, maybe he should be done Still. with that. But... Yeah, I think I think this is... I think the point... Well, there's two points, really. I think one point is to, to just... Uh, to 
bring the audience in that, may, that is just watching for the heck of it on, on right. the cable channel um, that doesn't necessarily know anything about acting. Mm-hmm. So it's a window into that and on the one hand. Then on the other hand, I think the other point is that he is going remarkably late into the rehearsal process without being on book. Right. And He's, that's unnerving. Yeah, and that, 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 and that, that, that part, I think, is, is the, other, the, the second point. The, the first point being just, just, hey, audience, here's how things work. And here's here's how some how, how some actors work with things, but then but then the other the other part is just the fact that it is so late that it is a little bit irresponsible for him to continue to work with his method at this point. Right. I but do it, think that's interesting though, Darcy. That's a normal practice within the theater community. Oh, is it? absolutely, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very common exercise. And what you do is you actually you say you say the line from the, the text. And then you say what that line means. You, you say how you would say it, or whatever. right so, in real life. At exactly, this time exactly. And that's that's really common. I'm just like, what? Where are all these yutzes educated? My goodness. <laughs> well, they've been stuck at New Burbage for twenty that's years. That's right, with, uh, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> so I just that I is, thought that was interesting too. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Thanks, Paul and Darcy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about any of that, and that's that was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, there can even. I mean, if if it's a scene that has a particularly uh, deep emotional resonance, or or a particular, uh, if it goes if it goes in mel- multiple levels within the course of a in course within the course of a long scene, there can even be um, sort of improvised rehearsal where it's just entirely you're playing out the levels without doing the lines at all. Right, you do it completely silent. You just you know do the blocking, and it's all it's all movement too. So. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's a, it's a, there's there's a lot of things about this that are that that resonate with you as as you know I mean it's it's it shouldn't really be surprising to anybody who's been working a long time in the theater, especially Frank and Cyril, but even Ellen. It shouldn't be surprising to anybody that that someone would want to do this to some extent. Right, but definitely he should have been done with that like two weeks ago. It might be. Yeah. Because they're almost to the dress rehearsal, right? Yeah, so I mean, they've had delays. They had the, the the death of the art director, and then the delays. Yeah, three with different the, stages. Yes. Yeah, yeah, three different stagings, and it's it's yeah. it's got to be hard. I multiple directors as you know, well. I don't think I've ever been I've ever been involved with a production that, that had that much that much delay against it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. So in the green room, uh, Kate clams up about Jack when Claire asks, but then goes over and talks to him about it. And he reveals that he's using a method that he picked up while working with uh, with Ron Howard. Um, so mm-hmm. they agree to do uh, a line run accompanied with cheesies at his place, uh, not nachos and sex, which is uh, you know something he'd also like. Well, We've about had- this little section, like again, kudos to Jack. Like he visibly or not visibly, audibly uh, says, "Yeah, Claire cannot act." Like he, even though everybody is like associating him as a putz, and like I, he's proving himself to the you know television audience at this moment. So it hasn't actually been proven yet. But it was nice to hear him acknowledge when a fellow quote unquote actor is not really an actor. So the fact that he knew that Claire is is horrible, I thought was good because even he could see through her craziness. Yeah. And also, he dropped Ron Howard's name, and that got a laugh. But Ron Howard is a genius. He is. Yes, you know, like this is this is right before I guess Arrested Development, which maybe have been his like comeback. But he made a shitload of good movies in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did. He's he's one of my favorite directors. Right. And, you know, and just like Jack said, he's he's been uh, acting ever since he was three. He's so. been around actors for all his life. 
Yeah. So you you definitely, if you if you grow up in it, you know it better than anybody else could. Right. So I just thought that was kind of a weird little joke, I guess, because I didn't find it. Well, it's not that I didn't find it funny, but I. It would have been funnier if he had said, you know, like Macaulay Culkin or something. Yeah, yeah. that would be funnier. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even positive. I think it may be sincere. I thought it was sincere. I, th- I, I, yeah, I, I just read it as a sincere reference. I, I didn't did think too. it was supposed to be a. Oh, well, it made me like name? him even more. So. Laugh. <laughs> yeah, uh, she Claire, did. Claire laughed it off. So yeah, yeah, that's I thought true. that we were trying to establish that you know that wasn't to be taken seriously. Yes. Well, I did, but... Hmm, interesting, okay. Yeah, I guess everybody takes it differently. And uh, Canadian culture note, because I like to insert Canadian culture notes, although I did have to research this one. I didn't know this one offhand. I, I am a uh, Canadianophile, <laughs> whatever you might call it. Uh, <laughs> that closet sounds Canuck. really bad. Well, it's not an Anglophile. Is it a Canuckophile? <laughs> a, a closeted Canuck. <laughs> Uh, but in any case, um, cheesies, cheesies yeah. spelled with a Z is actually a uh, is a Canadian cheese puff product, a cheese curl product. Um, exactly. It's, it's actually uh, you know I, I read it as a generic term for Cheetos, and it is uh, basically in Canada it is it is the the Kleenex of cheese puffs in Canada. It, it, you say you say cheesies, but you really just mean cheese puffs, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be the branded. Cheesies. I think it's interesting right. that you use the the brand Kleenex when you could have said puffs. That's the point. When we're talking about puffs. <laughs> this, this would be the point, though. Okay, yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like saying Jello when you mean gelatin. That's right. I've had real cheesies. Have you? Um, yep. Our resident Canadian, the Energizer Bunny, has mm. brought them to a past to deadpan meetup. That's oh. right. Of course. Along with Canadian Smarties and mm-hmm. Aero Bars and other can- treats that they only sell in Canada. Oh, well, Canadian now we have to. Smarties. Yes, now we have to describe Canadian Smarties for our listeners. <laughs> what is that? Uh, okay, well, basically, Canadian and British Smarties both. Um, what 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 the what Americans call oh. Smarties? You know, you, you know what Americans call Smarties is the little oh. little roll of sweet tart things that they get at Halloween. They they call those in Canada. They call those rockets. Um, but Smarties are actually uh, basically an M&M type product. They're a, a chocolate... Six slits, aren't they? No, no. They're, 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 they're M&M shaped. They're a little larger than M&M's. Um, Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. All right. I dropped out there for a little while. Oh, I'm not sure if you did. It, we, we heard you. Did you hear me say hello a bunch of times? No. No. No, you did drop oh, okay. out. You yeah. officially dropped out, apparently. Um, but yeah, there's, Is that, was Amy still there? Yes. Okay. Yes, I okay. am. Yes. So yeah, but I mean, the, I think the the candy shells of each of the Smarties is at least as far as I remember from having them like a good tw- fifteen years ago or whatever, are, are a little bit fruity flavored. They're, they're, they they each have a distinct flavor with the color. Oh, okay. And uh, in terms of the uh, in terms of the M M&M and M slogan, the melts in your mouth, not in your hands. The Smarties colors tend to transfer to your hands extremely easily. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. But they, they are they're chocolate on the inside. But they're chocolate inside, on the inside, like yeah. an M&M. Or like like Darcy just said a sixlet. Yeah. yeah they're, they're not really like a sixlet. Well, six it is like Cichlets a sixlet except for yeah, but it's round. Yeah, but, and they're kind of peanut flavored too. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Sixlets are like peanut buttery. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while since I, it's been a lot longer since I've had since a sixlet. Since you yeah. treated since I had a sixlet, but yeah. Oh, no, um, he, went, he went last year. But yeah, in it, it, I mean Smarties is basically the 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 dominant uh the dominant uh, chocolate candy of that sort in in Britain and Canada. In fact, in uh, Britain, they have uh, they do book awards. The Smarties Award is a, a children's book award that's uh, awarded annually, and I think uh, J.K. Rowling won it a bunch of times. So. Yeah. Yep. 
I, I should explain for Ben and everyone else who's listening who doesn't also listen to the Deadpan podcast that a Deadpan meetup is kind of like a somewhat annual conference mm-hmm. or mini convention for people who listen to it. Oh, nice. And we have a resident Canadian listener who always comes. Where yes. do you meet? Fe- uh, thus far, always Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, as wow. that's where the host and a couple of other people who listen live. Yes, that would be Jack Mangan's deadpan, so uh, Jack Mangan. Yeah. And then many other uh, of the associated listeners that are in the Phoenix area. Uh, I was really on the verge of attending this year, and it may happen in the future. Uh, well, we'll see. Yes, never know. No pressure. So, well, we, we would both love to go. I mean, I don't really... Of course, Phoenix would be lovely for... I've got lots of... Well, got two friends I want to go see, so... Of course. Um, okay, have we run that tangent out? Yeah, let's move on. I know, I'm, now I'm like craving candy really bad too. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so Holly and Richard are talking over dinner. They're kind of scheming and strategizing. Uh, she's talking about the model that she's had built, uh, which is a complete surprise. I think she's uh, her plans reach far, far beyond what Richard knows about. And uh, meanwhile, Richard is doing a little bit of scheming himself uh, in terms of the... Uh, the coming season is is uh, delaying until the last possible minute, asking Jeffrey what the uh, next season should be. Whereas Jeffrey, the artist, artistic director, is really the one responsible for making that sort of decision. That's right. That is his job as the artistic director, right? Yes. So definitely uh, scheming and stepping on toes. Mm. Have we lost Ben again? No, I'm here. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but basically they 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 are they are scheming together. It's it's. It's becoming clear at this scene. I mean, right at the very beginning, I wasn't sure whether Richard was entirely, like, like almost 100% evil, innocent in the whole thing. Oh, mm. innocent. But the thing is... But he's I definitely... still think he's borderline until the yeah. end of this episode. I don't think he's on the dark side entirely. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely it's... doing two-faced things in this at this point. Well, yeah, but... I think he's very anti-Jeffrey, obviously, since Jeffrey got his job that yeah. he was yeah. done it for. But not anti. Let's. Uh, I, I forget what the name of the the company is, but anti that company. Yeah, New Burbage. Yeah, I don't think oh. so either. I think that you know he's worked there for so long too. It's kind of hard not to have loyalty to something like that. Right. Tear down something you've been a part of for so long. Right. Even if you're going to rebuild it in your own image. Right. But we'll see. Or Shrek's image, or whatever musical you to put on. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is a kind of interesting, delicate position he's in there. Suddenly being thrown into having much more importance or decision-making power, apparently, as interim artistic director. Plus the whole thing with their old corporate sponsor being purchased, and Holly coming in to be the contact person. That everything is changing around him so fast. I agree. He's probably mostly innocent and just kind of being dragged along by all these outside forces for now for now in this this particular scene yeah yes okay so next up jeffrey and oliver are puzzling over the uh the design choices uh they've got uh, jeffrey has a couple of models on his desk he's got oliver's design which is basically a a giant staircase as far as i could see i I didn't is it two staircases it was two staircases two staircases Ah, i think i've seen that set before yes i well i mean when when oliver said levels i was just like ugh, okay (laughs) i've heard why because i'm sorry because uh basically every uh 
set design class that we had uh, exposure to was about uh, you know making sure that your set has levels. Uh, it's a it's a really basic it is a very basic term. And uh, like Oliver said, his heart was not in it. So basically, he was when he said levels, it was pretty much just saying eh, buzzword. Yeah, same thing they mm. do every time. I've I've seen that turn out really badly too. The levels thing. They had one that there was one set that looked at entirely. It, it was totally not supposed to, but it ended up looking like a toilet bowl. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. I was wondering what you guys thought of the different set designs. You guys, well, all of you guys. Well, I mean, so, obviously, yeah, I mean, obviously, Darren's is uh, was uh, a mess. Yeah, it, well, it was meant to be a mess. <laughs> yes, but... indeed, that was the yeah. whole intention. Yeah, An expensive mess. Exactly. What on earth do you need pyrotechnics for, <laughs> Tommy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they uh, do they do discuss that the. Uh, the possibility of performing it uh, bare stage with rehearsal clothes. Mm-hmm. What does rehearsal clothes mean? Uh, stock stock clothing. You mean right. basically basically oh, uh, like what he pulls out? Yeah, it comes up. It comes up later on. He just basically yeah. wheels up a rack. Of- yeah, and it's just usually when you are you know rehearsing, especially you know, ladies, you wear a skirt because it affects the way you, you would do your blocking or your movement. Yeah. you know, so that you don't just you know go and squat in the middle of the stage and be very unlikely. Like so, yeah, I can see that. And then, in their discussion of the uh, of the design, they move on to discuss the uh, the actors, and in particular, the <laughs> bad actors. <laughs> I have something to say. I I noticed Oliver's comment about how good looking Jack is, and if I were younger, hmm. Okay, so I that tells me something about Oliver's character. That means that in the first episode when he said, "Don't bother covering up, I'm gay," and in episode four when when he said, when speaking of his past tryst with Ellen, that wasn't about sex; that was about power. He was absolutely telling the truth both times. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I just that I just got that now. <laughs> So that r- kind of stuck out to me. Right. And yes. Anyone else can have the floor? <laughs> Sorry. So uh, they, uh, yeah, so they, they discuss bad actors, and uh, then this, that segues directly into the next scene, like Claire. And <laughs> yes. uh, we get a, a picture of Claire's uh, performance as Ophelia. Yeah. yeah. And I have in big block letters, Claire, shut her down. <laughs> when she's sitting there spinning around singing the or whatever the little yeah, songs exactly and we we get, we do get a nice little discussion actually uh, answering answering our discussion previously about the uh, difference between crazy and stoned yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep ben you absolutely called it yeah yep, you being did. stoned is absolutely nothing like being insane right. totally agrees with you <laughs> and and it, and it was it was fun it was fun listening to all of that discussion during that episode knowing <laughs> that it was going to be addressed later on <laughs> yes <laughs> um but uh, but at, at this in this scene actually it, it you, you you really get some some really uh Frank uh, discussion of the character and direction from Jeffrey. He's he tells you know Ophelia's story and tells where she's coming from, and uh, you know he really does a, a a detailed job of describing exactly what should be going through her mind mm-hmm. in the scene. And I do not believe that and she the way her face was, the way her body posture was. I don't believe any of it was intended. She did not intend to receive any of it, and she did not receive any of it. Right, clearly because after he walked away, she started doing the same. In the background, yeah. It's really a shame because. 
because what I got out of that scene is, wow, Jeffrey is a really good director. Right, he may exactly. be crazy, but he's a really good director. Yes, Agreed. And I mean, even going back to when he was doing the uh, classes the corporate for the class, corporate, yeah. you know, that really proved that as well, I think. Right. If he could teach Bob from accounting how to do it. Yes, I mean, you taught, you taught Bob from accounting how to do it, and any doubts that we have that he could actually do uh, the Hamlet um, is is so, so somewhat dissolved in this scene, right? So I, yeah, I don't think that it's really getting through to her. It's it's pretty clear that she's not intending, and we, like we said, she uh, she she goes right on with her bad performance around. Oh my gosh, what a disaster! With her mouth open, I love that. That was funny. And 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 Oliver obviously does not think that it went through either as they were walking up the aisle afterwards. Uh, Jeffrey tells him to do something if he has any bright ideas, and Oliver gets this look on his face. (laughs) So, my question for everyone is, ghost or hallucination? Ghost. Ghost. I'm I'm on the ghost boat, and I'm not a ghost believer, so there you go. Yeah, I mean, in the the midst of this story, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a ghost, just because he was... Jeffrey was in the other room when said Iguana got let loose, unless that happened a while ago and we're just now catching up to it. it well, it didn't show a hand let him loose, did it? What did it no, sh- it just showed the door just sort of drifted open. It didn't yeah. show a hand? No, no. I don't think it no. did. The door just drifted open. Not, yeah, not that I recall. I just remember seeing the door being ajar, the door to the uh, chameleon's cage. Yeah, but you do see it fall open. Yeah, it does it, come so open. So I guess... I'm, I guess I am assuming ghost then, because I guess it could ghost have just... or major coincidence. But uh, the 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 the, mm-hmm. uh, the mischievous look on Oliver's face, and then uh, the uh, the resultant later on the thumbs up. Right, but is that mm-hmm. is, now? I'm wondering, is that Jeffrey's imagination? I think that the creators of this television show want it to be a ghost. Okay, well, yeah, because you know, the, <laughs> and that's what it's I'm sticking called, to. Yeah. Yeah, I, they 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 played for a while with the with the the madness versus Either the. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, as far as anybody in show is concerned, he's still a, a nutbag. Yeah. Nobody nobody has seen nobody else has seen Oliver, right? Right. Well, uh, Ellen, okay. Ellen, Ellen, Ellen said Ellen, Ellen said she thought she saw him, but I don't know if she was playing along or if she was sincere. Or maybe she. Or, she or was I mean, great. Oh yeah, when, when you're in when you're in the depths of grief, you can look up and see someone, right. and, not, and not really actually see them. Obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, that happened. That's and definitely that was right after he had passed. Exactly, right. It was like so two or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. I loved that moment. That was a great moment. Stephen mm. Wee Met, the actor who plays Oliver, is a really good actor. Yes, he's mo- nice. and, and he's mostly a, a stage actor. I think in terms of television, he's mostly a voice performer. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then he's he's a stage performer. Okay. Okay. Um, so at uh, at this point, Richard uh, is uh, talking with Jeffrey and gets a. Uh, a hurried season out of him, uh, which uh, sounds pretty rock solid. It sounded pretty. I, I it sounded it ambitious. Great. Yeah, it yeah. Was, I, 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 I having excited. having been involved in a production of Mother Courage ourselves. Well, yeah. I thought it was pretty ambitious. Mother Courage is ambitious, no matter who you are. Yes, I mean, that's, that's it is one of those one mega of those mega Brecht shows that. Uh, Unless you're going 100% minimalist. Our, the production that we were involved in was fairly minimalist for being... Uh, but it was epic for but it was still epic. what we had. I mean, uh, oh For anybody God. who's not familiar with uh, Bertolt Brecht's uh, Mother Courage and Her Children, 
It is a uh, musical, and it is set in the uh, Hundred Years' War. Thirty Years' War. The thirty. No, years no, you're right. Yeah, the Hundred Years' War. Set during the Hundred Years' War, and um, I mean, it's it's a war play. It's, it's there's there's scenes in the battle zone, and the characters are, are are singing and and fighting and you know living and dying and everything. It's 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 a it is a big show. Yeah, it is. It's it is supposed mm. to be epic. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, it is set during the Thirty Years' War. Was it okay? Oh. I was right. Yeah, you were Something right. stuck in my head. Well, I was I was tangentially involved. You were well, deeply I was, involved. I was. It was my that was my senior project. Yes, that was your senior costume so, project. Yeah. So I actually I found yeah. those renderings last week. I still have them. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed. Cool. I thought I would have thrown that chunk out a long time ago. <laughs> well, I saw my I saw my reel of sixteen millimeter black and white that I shot for the documentary about it. Did you really? Yeah, it's down in the basement. Awesome. I also got the I also got the beta transfer Boy, somewhere. Just but. wait till our kids get to go through all our stuff. They're going to be like, "Why do they hang on to this crap?" So yeah, well, go. I'm sure that film reel is already. I mean, it just it's probably deteriorated. Yeah, I'm sure it's not in great condition. We haven't done anything to care for it. <laughs> yeah, I have a whole bunch from when I was in school that are just sitting in a can that have been through a whole bunch of apartments with or without air conditioning. So yeah, yeah. probably exactly. all you know useless now. It is in the cellar at the moment, so it's been in a box in the cellar. It is, our cellar is not particularly damp, so it's not too bad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, yep, the Wikipedia page lists 26 separate roles. So yeah, I can see what you mean about this being a big play. It, it is. And it I don't even huge. know if we did any double casting in that show. Yeah, they did do they did because I had well what they did is they kind of had these characters that were amorphous. Amalgams. Yeah, and they played a lot of different things and oh. then they had pieces that went on and came off and we had a little budget and it was and I wanted that was the only show, you know, Julie and I, best mm-hmm. friends. That one, that one almost broke us up, man. Yeah. That was tough. But it, it, it definitely is, I mean, you, you just, if you just say Brecht, you can, you can, I mean, for most people you say Brecht, and it is an intellectual, uh, you know, non-accessible, big, you know, yeah. big, big thinking. It's, it, it's a musical, but it's, it's really only, you know, it's only just a musical. It's not, a, right. it's not going to attract giant audiences. Well, one of the stage notes of, is that it's the, the piano, you have to take the piano, and on the end, and on the hammers of all... Yeah, it's um, a prepared piano. Yeah, you're not playing you piano, you're playing a prepared in, piano. it says, that's, that's what it's, hmm. it's supposed to have tacks in the piece, because so it looks, sounds really horrible and tinny, and yeah, it's, it's something else. Yes. So, in terms of this this season, I mean, it it, it, it does it does skew toward the intellectual and toward the uh, aside from Blythe Spirit toward the uh, serious. I mean, it's, it definitely sounded like an ambitious and interesting season to me. But I it, it, later on, and not to jump ahead too much, but later on when they do say that it is a, a not for profit theater kind of schedule, it it it, it is. They're they're they're, they're not really know. exaggerating. Well, I guess so. But if, I think for you know, the but pa- the thing is, the Shakespeare festival, you would yeah, you the would patrons of a Shakespeare that. festival should be expecting that, right? Because even like Montana Shakespeare in the parks, they still do you know, I mean, nothing that heavy, but they they no, they'll do they'll do they Shakespeare do, and they'll do a Sheridan or something like that. Uh, well, they'll do like a Sheridan and Shakespeare, and then they do they they now maybe they didn't then they do do a heavier piece. Yeah. Do do do. They do do. Yes. Right there on stage. Right there on stage. It's very avant garde. It is. (laughs) Certainly Brecht would approve. Guys. 
Hey, we come out of a program where our, uh, my 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 uh, oh god the the head of the the head of the entire department would uh, show us his uh, performance art slash film piece where he does appear full frontal. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was definitely not something I wanted to see ever. <laughs> oh, he was he was a really he was a good teacher, but yes. then when you see that, you just it just like totally destroyed it. It was uh, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, okay, bad news. Do you have a turtleneck? Yes, uh, mock, mock turtleneck. Mock turtleneck, okay. Ah, <laughs> with a blazer. Wait, are you talking about foreskin or are you talking about I turtleneck? was talking about foreskin. <laughs> I was talking about... <laughs> ben! I was talking about attire, sir. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have any attire. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm talking about class. I can't think about that one scene. I just can't. I think it was... Was it God in the bathtub or Jesus in the bathtub? No, he was in the bathtub. He and, was in the bathtub. And God or Jesus was talking to him. Jesus and was left, talking to him. Left, left through the screen door and he ran up to the screen door. Yeah. Full frontal. Yes. Yeah. And it was mm. more than... But... More than meets the eye. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to these days. He's... Well, I think he's headed Department Emeritus. I know that much, but uh, I think he's still... He's not there anymore. Oh, yeah. Emeritus means not there uh, anymore. Exactly. He's like Joel, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. He retired this week. Joel Janke retired. Joel Janke retired this Head week. Head of Montana Shakespeare in the Parks. For, yes. a, for anybody that... Uh, Cares, cares and is listening. But maybe Julie. Julie, because she said she was going to listen. Yes, once she gets caught up on actually watching and, and listens along. Oh, I have to beat her with a stick. But I'm trying not to be too timely in reference because uh, I was timely in reference with a couple of those episodes, and they've been coming out a little bit on the late side. Well, that's yeah. all right. We, yeah, my apologies to our listeners. We're going to get back on track here. Summer's almost over. Okay. Um, so, in any case, uh, while speaking of back on track, back on track. While 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 Je- while Jeffrey is jotting off the season, and just afterwards, then um, off screen, Claire falls from the stage after a lizard scurries up her leg. Yay! And there is much rejoicing. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. So oh. when this happens, is actually breaking a leg. A production curse. Uh, I don't somebody know. made like some kind of mention about. Yeah, Nayum. Oh, yeah. Nayum says that it, there was a death and uh, a death, a duel, and a broken leg. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I, not to be too stereotypical, although they are being a little bit stereotypical. Uh, Nayum is from a culture where curses are uh, are believed in more. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that the you know cursed cursed stage productions is also a. Stage productions is also a culture where curses can be believed. Right. Well, but, that's what uh, I thought was being referenced. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it was. I think it was possibly a little bit culturally insensitive, and also just the theater itself. Yeah. Similar. Very similar in an odd way. Yes. So Claire's in bad shape, and she seems to be in a great deal of pain, and and nobody feels sorry. Nobody's for feeling it. too sorry <laughs> about it. <laughs> nobody. Um. So uh, next scene. Next scene. Kate and Jack are running lines. No, wait. It's the sex. No, that's how you run lines, right? No? That's how you have business meetings. Business Business meetings meetings are horizontal. Line readings are horizontal. (laughs) Yep. Um, And uh, during the scene, they get a little bit bit of uh, of backstory of both of them, a little bit of a picture of them in their youth, and then then Kate gets the call. And we don't actually hear what the call is, but I think we all... Do do we all know pretty much when she was getting the call that that's exactly what it was? Yeah. Well, I mean, she just said 30 seconds before that she got the call, and then she got a call. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of disappointed they took a a jab at... um, 
Jack being a comic book fan and a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Yes, Nothing wrong with that. that. Oh, no. I mean, come on. That's yeah. awesome. I think All I could think I, of is that, I, thought I mean, this is 2003, relatable. so this was, the, the actual real comic book craze was just beginning. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really hit its stride until yeah, the, mainstream the comic. first Batman came out. But, yeah, but the first, by then, the first more X-Men, recent, the the more first, recent first Batman. Okay. <laughs> and he's not talking I'm going to let Ben off the he's hook not on talking that one. I meant the, of the, most, of the Christopher <laughs> Nolan version. Yes. Oh, but you see, Ben, when I was, was in high school <laughs> and Batman was – it was so exciting, Ben. You have mm. no idea. I had somewhat of an idea. I was alive then. I yeah, mean, he is, it's not like he was a <laughs> how, how embryo old you? or anything. Oh, I don't know. I was, when, in 1989? Yeah. Was that the first one? Yeah. I was seven. <laughs> but still, I was a teenager by the time uh, the Val uh, oh, Gilmer one came out. Oh my god, I babysat kids older than you. Okay. <laughs> but uh, No, but my point is, is that they make this kind of jab about comic books being nerdy and, you know, He's a fat little kid who's an outcast and all that kind of stuff. And I just find it interesting because it's 2003 and it, it hasn't gotten to the point where it is now, where it is like the mainstream. But I but, thought that it would at least the ball was rolling then. It was just a weird to see that. And maybe I, that's I I, looking at it. And yeah, it might, be, it might be the way you're looking at it, too, because I, I, I found it endearing. <laughs> I did too. I no, thought I, I, did I, too. I found it and thought it was meant to be endearing and interesting. Like he's a sweet little kid who yeah. Uh, yeah. wasn't always, you know, such a badass. Yeah, I could relate to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was I awesome. Yeah, I agreed. I I could also relate to him. As could I, because I was a fat. Well, I was Everybody a fat. Everybody likes <laughs> Wookies. I love Wookies. Me too. Yeah. I can't do the Wookie sound like Jack did though. <laughs> yeah. I can't really do Jack. <laughs> that may have been an eighty-yard Wookie sound for all I know. Who <laughs> It was at least improv. It was either it was either improv or planned in ADR. One of the two. <laughs> Who knows? Um, following this, uh, Richard goes to the board with Holly, uh, puts forth Jeffrey's season, and then poops all over it. Uh, not literally. Not literally, <laughs> but he may as well have, right? Right. And then uh, immediately following that, he and Holly put forth their own alternate season. We're not given the exact details of just how atrocious it may be but we are uh, we are told that it has three musicals mm-hmm. and is that a dig uh that was a dig because i think i mean we know what kind of musicals they like anyway right so yep. they meant like big broadway ones like mamma mia and uh-huh yes i believe no. they I the, believe. the big stage shows they travel the tour i think they even say touring and i yeah. And I didn't hear them say anything about Shakespeare shows, but I'm sure they must have had some token ones on there. The board would not have accepted it either otherwise. Yeah, I would I imagine. That, no. I didn't catch any yeah. reference, but I'm sure that they Maybe were. Right. Well, when Holly makes her presentation, there's a little bit of mention, but we haven't gotten there yet. Yes, yeah, so we'll that presentation that. later on about what the town will be like in the future. Right. <laughs> so about this presentation to the board... When Richard said that, I'm sure he would have been thrilled to see three musicals included in one season. I wrote, "Arg! we had this discussion in a previous episode. We concluded that the big stage mu- musicals aren't bad in and of themselves and that they have their place. And I'm still sticking by that opinion. Yeah, yeah however, totally. However, that does, having all those musicals, I personally feel it kind of makes it less of a Shakespeare festival festival and more of an Andrew Lloyd Webber festival, a celebration of a different branch of theatrical tradition. Agreed. Mm. Uh, it does, and it does reflect, to some extent, the uh, the actual trends of the festival um, 
market or the festival environment in um, Canada, the Stratford Festival itself is no longer the Stratford Festival of Shakespeare. Mm. It is the Stratford Festival of Theater. It is still focused on Shakespeare, but there is, I mean... It's always a showcase play. Yeah, much much like... uh, much like uh, Jeffrey's schedule, they're, they're, they they do focus on new works by Canadian playwrights. Right. They focus on um, Shakespeare. They also have musicals and things. I mean, it's it is it is diverse without being exclusively uh, commercial. Okay. I think that's a good thing. That's good. Yes. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with Ben. So. So uh, and then Holly says that she is indeed going to update May on the uh, the coming season. Uh, she's not just uh, paying. Uh, you know, Richard was Richard. Richard pretty much has her number more or less most of the time now. And it's like, well, what's the board going to say when they find out that you didn't actually talk to May? But uh, but she's really going to talk to May. Mm-hmm. She says and and does follow through <laughs> later on. And she says, "quote Let's face it, she's not long for this world." Yeah. Oh, I missed that. I uh, I caught that the second time when yeah. I watched it. I didn't. I I wrote it down in my notes, and mm-hmm. I put I got the not knowing about the end of the episode right. yet. I got the most ridiculous mental image, but I think it's funny. <laughs> the second she said that, the mental image I got was of a scene. Picture a scene. Mm-hmm. Near the very end of the last episode of the series, the ghosts of Oliver and May are smiling proudly at Jeffrey in his moment of triumph after he's created the greatest Hamlet production ever. In exactly the same way that the ghosts of Obi Wan, yeah, Yoda, exactly, and Anakin. Exactly. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, when, when you and said then Hayden Christensen steps out and stands beside them. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Yes. That. That's what I was picturing when you were starting to describe it. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> I'm glad you came around See, to there. See, so there's nothing wrong with liking Star Wars. And there you go. No. <laughs> Star Wars is awesome. Mm-hmm. That, for some, that popped into my head. Nice. Oh, wouldn't it be neat that would if, be the, awesome. if that were at the end of the series? <laughs> yes. Uh, and when you say series, you're meaning that in the, in the British sense? The, the end of the no, season? No, you meant the, the series. No, I meant the, the entire story, not in the British sense, in the American. I meant it yeah. in the American sense. Okay, the series. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, uh, so are, we, uh, are we past the, uh, the board meeting and into the next scene with uh, Jeffrey and Oliver? I yeah. think we are. All yeah, right. Uh, so they, they squabble a little bit over Oliver's sabotage. Oliver saying that uh, you know he's, he's he, he did what he needed to do and and all of that. Um, and uh, then Oliver soothes Jeffrey into sleep. And mm-hmm. uh, someone might have thought he was show, quoting Shakespeare, perhaps. Did it you? Sure sounded it like sure it. Sure sounded like. Okay, uh, actually, I I, uh, I have learned to uh, to check these references as I go along. And this this is. Uh, Romeo and Juliet. You learned or I told you to do it. <laughs> Mentioned it. Okay. <laughs> but I've been caught unawares here previously going, I'm pretty sure that's a scene from something, and then we look it up in the middle of the podcast and yeah. work it out. This is this is better than that. Romeo and Juliet, Act 2, Scene 3, Friar Lawrence uh, with with Romeo, and uh, this is this is part of his speech. And I'm not um, quoting I'm not gonna quote the uh, the larger speech or the or the lines that he's using, but it it, it is directly uh, Shakespeare related. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I thought that yeah. that was a well move on to the next scene. Oh sure. Or the I next mean, yes, part of that. Yes, the yes, next so the, part of that yes, scene. Yes, the ne- next seg- segment as as Jeffrey is lulled into sleep, he dreams he is naked on stage to great acclaim and pyrotechnics. Woo! Pyrotechnics. <laughs> Better stand back. <laughs> Full frontal or back? Well, we saw backle, but the people in the audience. The audience. I don't think backle is a word, Darcy. (laughs) 
It is now. Yeah. <laughs> you can go full rear. Full rear. Full oh, rear. Oh, boy. That full moon. horrible. Full moon. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. So I went, so not only are there, they, are there ghosts, but apparently they can soothe people into sleep and maybe influence their dreams, or maybe that was just Jeffrey completely. I don't know. But well, I thought... It was neat, and the concept was really cool. Is there precedent in any kind of Shakespeare plays? For I know there's ghosts all over Shakespeare, but uh, is there any dream manipulation, like in Midsummer Night, maybe? To sleep, perchance, to dream? Well, no, yeah, that's not... <laughs> But actually, yeah. Um, I have no idea. I'm just asking. No, the man, the only thing in Midsummer Night's Dream is that a uh, potion flower thing. What it's supposed to do is it makes you fall asleep, and it doesn't. And when you wake up, whatever you see first, you'll fall madly in love with. But after the the affected person later on, the affected people think they dreamed that, but they actually didn't. Mm. As, like, as uh, I well, didn't somebody turned into a donkey or something. Yes, that's yes. right. Because I've only seen the movie, so I see Kevin Klein as half donkey in my mind. <laughs> and there was an ass involved in this scene. Yes. <laughs> but I'll bump. <laughs> Uh, but but once the pyrotechnics go off, it's revealed that he has actually fallen asleep in his office all night long. As Anna says, you're in early. You're in right. early, yes. Coffee black. Bran muffins. With cream? Dale yes. yeah. bran muffins. Black. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that is a callback. To yeah, the, uh, that's at yeah. least twice now. Yes. I noticed. Uh, so uh, this uh, this uh, sleep has apparently uh, as, as 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 jarring and abrupt as it seemed to be with the dream sequence and waking back up, it is actually. Uh, Apparently refreshing to Jeffrey because he's uh, he's bounding with enthusiasm and energy. Goes down, introduces, uh, welcomes Kate to the show uh, as Ophelia as their new Ophelia, and introduces the concept of the bare stage rehearsal clothes uh, design. I was really glad to see that the very first thing that he did was welcome Kate yeah. before he went into this is our new direction. Mm-hmm. I, 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 maybe that's just something that all directors do when there's a change like that. But it was nice for him to, I don't know, put her first. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea how many toes are being stepped on here, who is contracted to be the set designer or the costume designer, and mm-hmm. what they would have, uh, what their reaction would be. They certainly aren't pictured. But, yeah, uh, I, I was thinking if they got that paid anyway, crew. if they got paid anyway, oh. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a... It's definitely going to be a hole in the resume, but if, at least you got paid, perhaps. Uh, what do they do? Just send them home? Yeah, I don't know. Collect unemployment? Well, they're part of a festival performing in repertory, so hopefully the at least the, 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 the costuming crew and the stage crew, the set construction crew are definitely going to be continuing to work the yeah, entire season. But, I don't know. Uh, but the, designer per se, the designers themselves could be contracted just for this show, well, in which case. Here's here's my thought on the actual design. I'm more worried about the poor people that are making it. The people it? making it are going to be employed. They're yeah. in the festival. Because the designer, once that design is there and finalized, they can they can collect their paycheck. Yeah, they're done. They're done. They they might come back, but I have to be honest. In my experience, they really don't care. This I mean this this <laughs> series and this you know the treatment of this particular play they've completely ignored that there are other design staff aside from the artistic director. Well, they they did show one of the costumers walk through with her tape measure. Yeah, initially. Okay. Initially, yeah. No, actually, in this last, it was it was in this in last this episode. Episode, yep. Okay. Yeah, that is an interesting point. I, as I'm listening to this conversation, I'm thinking this series needs a lower decks episode. You're that, right. That's, 
an, an episode by which I mean nice. an episode focusing on the uh, the set designers and the costumers and the people who aren't in the spotlight most of the time, literally or figuratively, in the tradition of the Star Trek The Next Generation yeah. episode called Lower Decks. <laughs> I was about to say, did you just pull out a Next Gen reference? Indeed. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I sure did. Very cool. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks. Yeah, I I would I would definitely be interested in seeing that, but I'm not sure that everybody would, you know. Well, it's interesting in this kind of thing because by the time that Star Trek had gotten to that point, it was like the sixth season and like the twentieth episode of that sixth season. Like, yeah, that's it's right. such a sh- compact time to tell the story in six forty-five minute pieces. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I I, sure. I agree, though. I really hope, Amy, that there is a lower deck episode, like in season three, maybe, or, or towards the end of season two. That would be cool. Yeah, you're right. There's probably not room. It would be cool, but yeah, they. This is a much shorter and more compact series than TNG. Right. And not only is it a is it a TNG reference, but the people over at TVTropes.org, ding, have made that <laughs> the official term for an episode like uh, that. Yes. Uh, there was one like that in Voyager, too. And not to get completely off topic, but did you all see that there's going to be a Voyager made-for-TV movie? I have not oh seen that news God. yet. No. Uh, and, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those, there's been the rumors of it, and people have been cast, and there's an IMDb page with people that are actually cast. And uh, Edward Furlong is one of the people that is cast, who is John Connor from uh, T2. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I know who Furlong is. Yeah, no, I, I one of the podcasts I listen to um, is hosted by one of the one of the bigwigs. I don't know if he's a bigwig, but he's a staffer at, at Roddenberry. Um, it's is uh, it Mission Log. No, no, it's it's um, five by five. Mm. Uh, it's co-hosted by Claire Kramer and Tori Mel, and Tori Mel is the Roddenberry staffer. Claire, Claire Kramer is uh, glory on Buffy as well as other roles. Hmm. Uh, but. Uh, well, like I said, I've only read interview or uh, internet articles and IMDb page. I'll post it on the Facebook group. Sure. Please do. I'm shocked that with the reboot happening, I'm shocked that anyone greenlit that production at all. But cool. Of course, I'll probably end up watching it someday. Oh, I, <laughs> I hope it does happen. All right. Sorry to detract from uh, Bill Shakespeare. Uh, that's okay. Uh, if there's one thing that uh, introcasts are renowned for, it's the tangents. <laughs> Yay, tangents. Uh, so uh, Richard uh, meets at, uh, or goes to Ellen's house trying to keep Ellen on his side, but she really seems to be fairly staunchly and surprisingly completely on the side of the production itself. Yeah, that surprised me. Did that surprise you? And and it does contrast a bit. We'll, we'll, we'll not skip totally ahead, but it does contrast a bit in the next scene even. But uh, A bit, but... But yeah, it did surprise me that she was 100% behind her director as, in terms of this scene at her house and that she is not taking Richard's bait at all. Right. Apparently. I right. Think so. Although, like I said, uh, if, if does anybody have anything on this particular scene, or we'll move right into the next? Um, just the fact that they call pizza za. za. My ex-roommate <laughs> used to do that, and he probably still does, and I always thought that was lame. The only place <laughs> I've ever seen that being pizza being called za is at uh, the... The protagonist's boss in the novel Snow, Snow, Snow Crash, Crash calls yes. it that. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think it also gets called Zah in Mel Gildan's Surfing Samurai Robots, uh, which is a wonderful 1987 novel, sort of a uh, sci-fi slash noir slash surf movie novel. Yeah, and I have to be honest, I, I always thought that that's what everybody called it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, so yeah, I didn't know, so there you go. 
Yes, but uh, yes, everyone read Neil Stevens Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash, and if you can find it, read Surfing Samurai Robots by Mel Gildan. You're such a nerd. I love cool. you. <laughs> yes, sci-fi noir beach movie. Surfing, there surf you go. movie. Yeah, yeah. Surf movie. Yep, yep. Point Break. There you go. <laughs> Um, so, but but then in the in the rehearsal scene in the next uh, the the very next scene, Ellen is not uh, not putting out very much of anything. I mean, she is she is she is working out working against uh, against uh, someone who's not using the lines at all. But she really is not putting out any kind of effort. Um, and then you know when confronted, she really kind of even though she was completely on the side of the production in the previous scene, she really seems to be parroting back a lot of the things that, that Richard was expressing, nonetheless. And Richard is sitting smugly in the back of the theater, nodding and, and smirking as this happens. Mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on this scene. Sure. Wow. If everything Jeffrey says in this scene is true, Ellen is, in fact, not being very professional at all in the way she's behaving at work. This, that... Calling out of Ellen was one of the most level-headed, insane things Jeffrey has said in front of the actors on the show. Right. I actually have, uh, and this actually happened, I clapped out loud when Jeffrey took Ellen to task. Yes. This was go. a great scene. I was very glad that this happened. And uh, like I've said in other episodes, I am totally not an Ellen fan, so yes. I'm glad to see her taking down in a notch. Yes, I mean, she's, she's, she is starting to show a certain... Uh, to some extent, I mean, obviously she was being a little bit um, non-cooperative and more on the side of Richard in this scene, but she did show a, a fair amount of nobility in the previous scene, and it is good that she's being called out for her bad practices. I mean, we have seen her in the past send Maria out for, for a, a cruller and a, and mm-hmm. a coffee at some point, mm-hmm. but... Uh, and I don't, I don't want to steal anybody's line, but there's, a, at the very end of that, when he... Uh, does anybody have that uh, you will resist no. the urge to yeah, speak? Go okay. for it. Nope. Uh, where where uh, Jeffrey, at the end of his rant, just goes, you will resist the urge of speaking for the group because she is obviously so far detached from the rest of the players. I don't know. I just, I really, I really enjoyed all of that. Yeah. Yes. It was definitely important in in what was on everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. So at this point, they uh, they adjourn for a moment, and uh, Richard casually tells Jeffrey that uh, basically all of their uh, rehearsal time they thought was still coming is is gone. There will be no performances in front of an audience aside from the dress rehearsal. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. Uh, I I don't think any of the. I mean, maybe SIP but I wasn't really involved during the preview portion of that. Uh-huh. But I, nothing I've ever been involved in has had previews. Well, we had previews UNL, too. Well, I guess no, UNL, I wasn't involved. Never mind. Not Sorry. Really, not very, very largely involved. It seemed like involved, you so. were there, Paul. Well, I was around. <laughs> this is a very large corporate production. Like, you would expect them to have. Yes, yes. Right. Pre- previews, right. is, previews is not, like I said, Definitely. I was just meaning that in Oops. terms of my experience of the process, I've I've only ever oh, had gosh, the uh, the week of uh, you're you're still there. You're still there. We you're still there, sir. Maybe not now. I'm back. Hang on. You're back. You're back. Hello. You were there. You were there all along. Yeah, I know. I figured out what's happening. My uh, six-year-old Mac is a the headphone jack is kind of crappy. Yeah. So if I if I nudge it slightly, it it thinks that I don't have the headphones plugged in, and then it tries to reinitiate. Anyways, long story. Oh, it takes right. it takes about a minute for it to get back. Sure. 
Um, yeah, so but basically what I was saying is I've, I've not been personally involved in any, any production where it was uh, anything but a week of full dress rehearsals with a final dress with an audience. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. but in terms of this, I, I suppose they are accustomed to being able to work in front of an audience in full dress for mm-hmm. a number of preview performances, and they do not get that with this particular Right, period. and even you, in that period, there's there are still changes made. Yeah, you know, it's not. I mean, I don't th- I don't think they get to call a full stop during a during a preview, do they? Yep, they can. Yep. Okay. They can. I mean, they try not to. Yeah, they, it's they, definitely not. They want to do a run as many times as possible. Right. Sometimes they'll even try to do do them back to back, but yeah. Mm. Even in the high school production I've been involved in, we didn't have a chance to do full-length preview productions, but our drama department usually did previews of not the entire play, but of a scene or two or three during class periods during the day yeah. when they were about to open a play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think we did that, too. Did you? Well, you, you didn't do high school I was, theater. Yeah, I was so. in no way involved with the high school theater so, at yeah. all. So we, yeah. I think we did. We did, well, it was odd because my theater, actually they closed my theater my junior year and we had to go elsewhere so we couldn't those years but the years before that we did right uh so they lost all the previews um so at this point uh jeffrey goes back in knowing this fact but he's uh soldiering on nonetheless and he's uh, gonna confront he's finally he's confronting jack with hey you know i i respect your process and all that but now it's time to really take take to take on something that's scaring you right yep I like I like that scene a lot. Yeah. I I think Jack's fear of the soliloquy taking people out of the play because it's so well known that everyone will just think of all the other actors who have ever delivered it is a completely valid fear. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it showed how intelligent Jack is despite, mm-hmm. you know, the facade that we're led to believe and and I actually wrote Jack is becoming my favorite now. I'm I am strongly in the Jack camp, but of course he mm-hmm. also is a film star. So, <laughs> yep, I'm definitely. I came to like and respect Jack much, much more than ever before this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that too. He's re- he's really developed into a character that I I like and enjoy. And it's not as detailed and dramatic, but uh, but Jeffrey is definitely doing some good direction and talking through decisions and talking through choices. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not uh, he's not going in depth on story as he has in a couple of occasions in the past, but he is showing a, a, a strong uh, leadership, a strong leadership position, and a strong uh, a strong sense of the choices an actor has to make. And obviously, he has made these choices in the past himself. himself yes, in mm-hmm. this role. Oh yeah. <laughs> So this is the this is the first I think this really is the first time we see him directing Jack in the role of Hamlet really doing yeah. direction for the role. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so Jack takes a moment, steps up, delivers. Uh, as they deliver, you get a little bit of the uh, um, theater eye. I think you could call it a, that has come up a couple of times in the past where where you know it's been a bare stage, but you get to see costumes and set How that is not imagine. actually there you can see in in the eyes of, of jeffrey what's going on like it like happened in the tempest scene at the beginning and right yeah um, so like we get to, so we get to see that that theater eye um view of the soliloquy as he's performing and uh and he does a, a stand-up job sitting, yeah sitting down. stand-up sitting down uh, job indeed <laughs> sitting down. and on that triumphant note jeffrey reveals to uh ellen that the uh <laughs> Previous are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. 
I was really impressed. Oh, one thing about the about the directing. Yes. This is what I get for not having read the play. I had no clue that Claudius and Polonius were spying on Hamlet, or that any other character in the play even heard that soliloquy. I really thought he was just talking to himself. So yeah, I mean, that's... and Jeff Jeffrey's absolutely right. Whether or not Hamlet knows he's being spied on really does make all the difference in the world as to how he delivers that speech. Is his mm. crazy facade in place or not? So and I that think we, was interesting. And we and we, we kind of get we get we kind of get during during the theater view. Uh, I mean, Jeffrey and Oliver are both involved and. I think Oliver is taking him around to point out that uh, that you know I mean what what you know the audience doesn't necessarily know what Hamlet's thinking, but he, I think Oliver is saying, "Hey, check out which decision you made. They're over here mm-hmm. in, the, oh, in the theater right. view." Okay, right. thanks for yeah. I was a little bit confused by Jeffrey's theater eye view and Oliver being there, so thank you. Yeah, so I think Oliver was just was was just saying, "Hey, you know, you 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 mentioned it, and, and here's which choice he made. Here's here's what here's what we're seeing. Here's what we're seeing. Right. Yeah. What we the audience audience are seeing you mean is that what you mean or um, what do you mean what i i, I mean i mean that we're we're seeing inside here's the final products gonna yeah look. yeah i think we're well yeah the final product or here's here's a, a look inside jack's head really i mean i think oliver okay. is showing yeah. oliver is showing here's here's the decision that got made yeah this you know you is, whether I the see. audience will hmm. know or not this is the decision that that jack has made in his performance as char- in character right okay yeah i didn't get that at all that that does make it uh it gives me a new perspective of it. Um, so now we now we we coming into the uh, the the final uh, the final. I don't know if it's the final third or the final act, but it is definitely the you know things are ramping up. Holly is preparing to present to May, and Jeffrey is giving a pep talk of sorts about the nightmare dress rehearsal ahead. This is the the night of the final dress. Uh, Holly drives to the hospital. We won't say much because I don't want to steal anyone's quote. Uh, but she's listening to some tapes in the, in the car. We'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> Sloane meets Ellen at the stage door with flowers and a gift. Uh, clearly a little misguided as to what exactly tonight is, but uh, right. <laughs> his heart's in the right place. He he doesn't necessarily know what... Uh, I, I, maybe it's stealing quotes. It's Does stealing have... quotes, shush. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I won't say that either. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be getting to quotes shortly anyway. We're getting toward the end of the act, end of the uh, episode rather. Uh, Kate, uh, as seems to be her process, works the last minute blocking. Uh, you know, as 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 was shown in the initial first episode when she was talking to Oliver, mm-hmm. uh, and now uh, talking to Jeffrey. Uh, her, her blocking, few blocking things. Keep track of what ex- what exactly is going on. Um, Naomi has the uh, barf bucket for Jack. <laughs> which he's used at least once. Yes. Uh, so shortly afterwards. And an interesting fact: Did you know that the two exits to the side of the stage are I called did. the vom? The vom. V o m or vomitorium. There indeed. And uh, interesting. I didn't realize vomitorium was a real word. It yes, is. it is. Oh yeah. Yes, and uh, it, it can be the exit to the side. I know that at the uh, when I got my tour of the original uh, uh, Tyrone Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis uh, before they knocked it down to build the parking lot ramp, parking ramp for the Walker Art Center. Um, when it, when they were still in production at the original Guthrie, they have an actual um, not only the exits but an actual tunnel underneath the uh, seating area. Um, and that whole that whole pass through is called the vomitorium, or was called hmm. the vomitorium in that particular theater. Yeah. The, 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 there was an exit to the side, a tunnel underneath the seating that went all the way crossed all the way around to the other uh, exit. It's a crossover. Yeah, crossover. It was a crossover under the seating. Right. And uh, they called that whole tunnel the vomitorium. Mm. Mm. Tons of vomit. 
Uh, and then, uh, and then Richard comes along to uh, be an ass or give a pep talk. Mm. So, be an uh, ass. my question to everybody, <laughs> my question to everybody in this scene, I know that we uh, that we've discussed that in some in some cases he's an innocent, in some cases he's two faced. In this scene, talking to Jack, is he intentionally sabotaging production or is he just clueless? Clueless no. was my thought. No, he is. He is joined the dark side. Oh, no. I wrote down, fuck you, Mark McKinney. He's shoving, shoving in a <laughs> knife and twisting it. Yeah, he is. Yes. Well, he's obviously, in my mind, decided to completely go with Holly and ruin it all to benefit himself. And it, which is really kind of disappointing because um, the main reason of why I wanted to do Slings and Arrows or uh, the Ghostlight podcast is because I'm such a big Mark McKinney fan. Come to find out, he's one of the villains. So. Um, you know, and, <laughs> I, 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 I can I, I can enjoy and respect this um, this choice though. I mean, it's it's fun. It's not exactly fun because nobody likes to to, to I mean, everybody likes to hiss against a, an arch villain, right. right? And unfortunately, he's kind of a misguided villain. Um, but it is it is a, an interesting choice that you take someone who initially going in you would think would be one of the one of the sympathetic characters that you're going to relate to, right? And then have that turned on its head mm-hmm. and your expectations you know completely twisted. And I'm sure I mean, knowing uh, the people who put this together, obviously he was one of the writers along with uh, along with Susan Coyne and Bob Martin. Um, I think probably he, they they I think that was intention entirely intentional that that they knew that he was going to be looked upon by the the audience that's tuning in as the mm-hmm. uh, sympathetic character that they all want to they all want to believe in and so I think they really chose to turn that on its head. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. But to go back to whether or not he's clueless or whether or not he did this in, on purpose, did when he said that Jeffrey said that uh, you know he's he's not good or whatever did. Did he make that up, or did Jeffrey actually say that to him? I don't believe Jeffrey has ever said that, and it's, yeah, it's, that's it what is, I, that's what led me to okay. believe that. I, I it has it has never happened on screen. Okay, and I couldn't recall because I have this brain that doesn't yes. recall much. So right. I thought that maybe he actually had. But I still thought it was. I still think it it is it it was and is in open for interpretation as to whether he's doing that from an ignorant perspective or if he's actively sabotaging. Uh, Darcy's saying innocent and just being clueless. Ben, you're saying you're coming down on the side of sabotage. Amy, what were you thinking? I, I voted innocent, but then I'm not sure when was was Richard or was he not in the back of the room in that scene where Jeffrey was showing what a good director he was and was directing Jack as Hamlet? He was there. Uh, well, no, oh. no, I'm not sure if he was there. He was there prior to that when Ellen was doing all the complaining. They went outside. Uh-huh. He told them. He told them about the previews. But I don't yeah, know if he off. re-entered. I think he went That's... off to his office after that. Yeah, I don't know if he re-entered okay. the theater after after dropping his bomb. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure either because it well, kind of. Go ahead. Did, I think. Okay. It, I mean, you see him walk away, don't you? After the. the I see. I'm not recalling. The, the, mm-hmm. the, was there yeah. a chokehold? Yeah, the chokehold. Yes, I don't. Yeah, know I think he walked away after that. So. Okay. I, I completely failed to notice that detail. So my notes are based on the assumption that he did not see the conversation between Jack and Jeffrey about Hamlet's motivation and the soliloquy. And I'm not. And I'm not. So, so you're saying that uh, you think that um, Jeffrey 
or that not Jeffrey, that Mark McKay character Richard really does think that that's how Jeffrey feels about Jack. Yes. Okay. Because that was my assumption when I made my notes that I I actually wrote my exact words here are Richard, you idiot, don't ruin <laughs> what Jeffrey just built with Jack. Of course, Richard wouldn't know that Jeffrey sees the potential to be a truly right. great actor in Jack. Richard wasn't in rehearsals. But still, way to mess things up, dumbass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so uh, we, more thoughts on that? No. No. Um, so as the rehearsal starts, as the dress rehearsal starts, the final dress, uh, Holly is presenting the model to May. Aww. And here's the model. We get to see the model. Shakespeareville. <laughs> oh, God. And it has uh, three stages performing the latest in Broadway touring shows and two smaller shows for people who like the classics. <laughs> yeah. And that's oh, where cringe. they're going to downsize... Shakespeare too. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. People who like the classics. Uh, now, now, going to the design of Shakespeareville, mm-hmm. it you also note that it is completely devoid of color. Yes, it is. It is a uh, a corporate vision, as it were. I, it, like you can see, you can see eighties corporate on there. I, I, oh, that's, yeah. that's what I thought. It was Absolutely. 80s. Either that, or I also saw that the you know the big tall theater, the one that's supposed to, it kind of looked like Scrooge McDuck's vault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The money bin. <laughs> exactly. That's what it looked like to me. I was like, hey, look. Did it even have an S on the side yes, of it? Yes, it, it did. did have an S. So that's what oh, I that's all yeah. I could think of. So. Although they're they what are they? Are they pounds up there? No, they're dollars. They're Canadian dollars. Canadian dollars. They're, called, they're Canadian dollars. Yeah, and they're still the S. But they are the S with the line through it, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I that's all I could think of. <laughs> um but basically she presents this, waits for comment from May, who is incapable of comment. And then wraps up and quickly leaves. And this is the uh, the second question I have for you. Uh, was this uh, was this Holly's intention or yes. uh, to, to absolutely to, well, murder? She already said that. Yes, yes. She was she's not, not long, long for, for this world. world. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. she was just finishing up the job. Like yeah. I think that she expected that to happen last time. And it didn't quite work, so she right. had to go finish it up. You're right. So much like the previous episode, we are left with May in grave peril. Yeah, and well, we we're left. We heard a flatline. So. Yes, we did hear some flatline. I mean, that's not necessarily the uh-huh. end of the story right. for anybody, but exactly. But yeah. uh, we are we are we are thinking she's in grave peril at least, and uh, the production as well in grave peril as as the uh, dress rehearsal finishes and everybody is relaxing triumphantly. Jack instead is packing all of his belongings and storming from the theater. What was the green <sighs> thing you picked up? I thought it was a Buddha. Was it? Buddha? Yeah, I was wondering what that was. Too. I thought it was Job of the Hut, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. he did leave behind his play, so he's walking off. Yes. Let's oh, hope good God. All right, and that is the end of the episode as we have seen it. Um, Quick things about the end. Yeah. Something about the end, yes. Yeah, no Sean Collin in this episode at all. No. I was disappointed. No Basil. Oh, you're right. Basil. Yeah. Poor Basil. Yeah, he'll be back. You know, it's previews, or one preview. This this was the preview. Well, that was the preview. Yes. Do you suppose he was in the audience? I don't know. They didn't, I I did not get the impression there was much of an audience, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there was any audience. They showed the, uh... Well, for previews, there normally is. Well, there can't, no. Preview audiences. Was that a dress? Usually it's really small. Yeah, the final dress, but this was the only preview they get was final dress. Okay, so I imagine that it Is final dress open to the, is that shown before an audience? Are any dress rehearsal shown before an audience? Yeah. Yeah, 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 this, this... this, what's the difference between a preview and an, and an audience at a dress rehearsal? A dress rehearsal, usually you invite people who you know and will, like, kind of pump you up. 
So yeah, and, and I didn't get preview, the but I, I kind of got the impression. I kind of got the impression from the the way that they were phrasing everything in this, and that the previews were all dropped, was that this was treated as a preview. Yeah. So they don't get the the. She said that. Uh, well, Ellen told Sloane that it was a dress rehearsal, which is why I just yes, it is final dress. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm confused, but okay. <laughs> you would go. You would do. You would normally do. Um, well, was, you know, tech week. Then you would do final dress at the end of that, and then into previews is how that and normally would work. Previews are when you're showing in front of an audience and you are making changes based on the audience's reaction. Ma- yep, as yeah. well Kinda as how, like, press, Night Live press has usually a, shows up then too. Press so. usually sees some of the previews because they they all they, they usually can, have their review. In, right. They usually have their review ready for for op- after opening yeah. after Similar opening the reviews. Yeah. Into, uh, right. 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 Exactly. A screening. Um, so at this point, I think it is time for a predictions segment. Mm. Oh, well, there's one other thing that I wanted to say. Oh, yes. Okay, good, good, good. All right. Um, and we glossed, we glossed over it, so I didn't get a chance. But when he comes back on stage, he being Jeffrey, and he welcomes Kate to the role and then says they're going to do al fresco, he tells that knock-knock joke. Yes. And at that time, he points out which one is Frank and which one is Cyril. And Frank is Sarah's Polly's dad. Yes. And Cyril is the other guy who we yes. call the queen. That is so correct. now at least I can figure out which one is which. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. I think I think it has come up a couple of times. Right. But but like I like I said, uh, it it takes a lot to uh, to this remember. This particular time, I really took note and actually took a note, wrote down a note. So yes, yeah, so when I when I was not watching with a purpose, it would took me a long time to work out who was who. <laughs> right. And I think, like I said, I like I said initially, I do believe they uh, they would have at some point performed Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and they, uh, that, yeah. that is that is the impression I get of them is uh, Rosencrantz and Guild Rosencrantz and Fair yeah. Guildenstern or Guildenstern and Fair Rosencrantz. <laughs> exactly. I I don't know. I was I was under the impression. I'm not sure. Are they are they actually in the current? Production Jack Cruz Hamlet, and if so, are they Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, or no. are they no? Because no, Rosencrantz and, and Guildenstern, yeah, cool. Rosen, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are, are, are classmates of ah, Hamlet, right? That's right. So they can't be because they're the same age as Hamlet. Okay, I didn't know that. Thank you. Makes sense though. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what their role is. You don't know who. I'm they trying are. to think. They they you see them act at one point, but I can't remember if it was Hamlet or well, the. Well, they're the guard, guards at the beginning. Oh, the, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of Hamlet. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I, they are they are members of the permanent company, so they would have a role. They would, and it's okay. not always they don't always have a big role, but right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Thank you. All, All right. right. So again, predictions. <laughs> predictions. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay. Okay, good. When I when I heard the flatline sound, well, actually, the beginning of that scene, the second I heard the heart rate monitor sound, I knew exactly where they were going with that scene. Mm-hmm. And and also, yet again, it's only strongly implied that this character is dead, but not directly shown on screen. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Okay. She is definitely dead. I think, right. I think for the plot to continue to thicken, she and this breaks my heart, but I think she has to be gone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Amy, then the production itself and Jack Crew. Well, I didn't know until you guys, because I am not as observant, I guess. I didn't realize that he was walking off the play completely. I could see he was very upset he must have been really he must have think he really did a horrible job of his performance so 
Um, I think it kind of goes without saying, since there's no one else who knows the role, whether Jeffrey so, wants to yeah. or not, uh-huh. he's going to end up in it. I predict that uh, he walks off, they can't fill anybody, so they use Jeffrey, you know, they, they're running through lines when Claire, not Claire, Kate runs off to the bus station and drags him back at the last minute, and the end of the next episode will be the production of Hamlet and them pulling it off and it being a huge success. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like, yeah, you should write this. <laughs> you should. Good job, Ben. I actually have a different one. And, and May's dead. Go ahead. Continue. No, that was yeah. it. May's dead. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm so. Yeah. I, I, that made me think of something. All right. If, if I am right and Jeffrey does end up playing Hamlet... Regardless of whether or not anyone is cast as the ghost of Hamlet's father, Jeffrey will see Oliver doing that part. Oh, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Oliver will appear on stage, and there will be at least one kind of awkward moment if if (laughs) Jeffrey actually dons, you know, the Hamlet costume. Yeah, I think he's going to have to be on stage for at least part of it. Maybe they'll get Jack back, but uh, I don't know. I I really hope so, because, you know, they really... They really developed his character and really made you like him. So I'm kind of wondering why would they dump him if they put that much oh, effort into it? Exactly. Absolutely. And I just remembered Hamlet's father's ghost is a speaking part. They must have cast somebody so the audience can hear what what he says. It's kind of important to the story. Right. But I'm sure Jeffrey will also hear Oliver saying or at least lip syncing the lines at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, not to give anything away, but we did see uh, earlier on, um, Oliver did speak the uh, Avenge My Most Foul and Unnatural Murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. You don't remember that? I didn't catch yes. that. Um, I also predict that Ellen will break up with Sloane, and we will never see that character again. Yay. And I am all for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah, I think I think that yeah they're gonna break up, and then I think that as I predicted way early on, uh-huh. the lead actress is going to sleep with the director. The director? Mm-hmm. You think oh, Kate is gonna sleep with uh, Jeff? No, no, no. I think that Ellen. Ellen's gonna sleep with Jeffrey. So. Yeah, yep. probably. I think yeah. they're going back there. So. Okay. Well, let me entertain this. Okay. It's the last episode of the first season. Yes. So it's got to end like on a cliffhanger. What if Hamlet is just a fucking disaster and Holly and Richard are awarded their, you know, their plan by the board and this next season is the building of Shakespeare Town? Oh god, it could be. And that I mean they've got to make the next, you know, if there's only 3 seasons, it's like a first act, second act, third act. So the next season would be like the second act with a lot of drama and conflict. Yeah. Maybe. Could be. Could be. I I I think I'm just throwing out right. ideas now. And I'm just I'm just agreeing <laughs> mm-hmm. with you, Ben, because I really like your ideas. So. <laughs> it's certainly a possibility. Sure. Yeah, kind of like the end of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Where the bad guy, where the good guys lose. That's right. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any <laughs> okay. any further any further thoughts on this episode? Otherwise, we will move into the feedback section. Wookies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for our feedback section this week, uh, this this time, 
we have one piece of feedback from our super fan Heidi. Yay, Heidi! Heidi. And Yay. our uh, quadruple Z colleague at the Investigating Mars podcast. I highly recommend everyone check out Investigating Mars, especially if you were ever a fan of the Veronica Mars television series. Um, you will have heard, by the time this airs, probably you'll have heard me twice on the uh, Investigating Mars guesting. I have, uh, at this time of this recording, I have done one guest spot and am uh, pending to record a second one on Tuesday. Are you excited about the movie, Paul? Oh, absolutely. Uh, not to get off target before we get into feedback. Okay. But um, the Star Trek thing is called Star Trek Renegades. I just threw a Wikipedia link in the yes, chat. Yes, I see that. Um, I see it. It was funded by Kickstarter as well, and it's going to be directed by Tim Russ, who played uh, Tuvok. Okay. In the, uh, ones. Although uh, Edward Furlong is no longer listed in the IMDb side, just oh. on the Wikipedia side, so he may not be a part of it. But I did see fan inspired or something like that, which sure. sometimes with this kind of thing, fan created, which sometimes is kind of hit or miss. Yes, so, it can be. I mean, there's a yeah, lot of. I've seen some really bad fan created stuff for Star Trek, Star Wars, or anything really. Yes, yeah. uh, Paramount. Paramount does uh, open up open up the uh, door for fans to make as much as they want of the Star Trek universe, as long as they're not getting paid. Right, but they got basically everybody from uh, well, not everybody, but they got a lot of people from Voyager to be a part of it. Yes, so, including the kid who played Ichab. So that's pretty neat. Anyways, feedback. Feedback. Heidi. Heidi. Heidi says hello, everyone. I thought Richard was coming in to kill May. Maybe Holly will do that later. Oh, look, <laughs> I was right. <laughs> I love the interaction with Jeffrey and Oliver. Jeffrey wants him to cast a magic spell or something, then everyone hearing him yelling at no one is great. I'm still trying to figure out if Oliver is a ghost or a hallucination. I also love Jeffrey trying to kill Richard. He should have gone through with it. <laughs> I hadn't really liked Jack until this episode. I now get where he's coming from and connect a little with his character. Ugh, stupid, stupid Richard. Yes. I think the correct quote is, fuck you, Mark McKinney. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Wow, Holly's recording she listens to in her car explains so much. (laughs) Yep, it sure does. Sorry my thoughts are all over the place. Can't wait to hear yours. Heidi. Aw, thanks, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. She pretty much nailed uh, that. Was like a recap yeah. of what we just talked about for the exactly. past like hour and a half. <laughs> it's like she's just sitting here right with us. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, good. I'm glad everybody's on board with uh, Jack being cool now. I still, I still uh, see him every once in a while as Keanu Reeves, especially in this episode, since it was made mention that that might be loosely what he's based on. Mm-hmm. So I, I still see the dumb Hollywood guy come out every once in a while, and I can chuckle behind that. So right. Yes. I hope he comes back. All right. He's gotta. Yeah, he got, he's gotta, right? I know. We're, we're invested now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. This is like a prequel to The Notebook. They're going to kiss underneath a stoplight <laughs> or something in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least, uh, I mean, while, while, while Jack has had a falling out with the, uh, with the production, he has not had a falling out. He he'd stormed away from, from Kate Yeah, he at could the just end. be going to let off some steam. But he did not have a falling out with Kate, specifically. <laughs> right. True. That's True. right. Other than storming away from her when she tried to say, hey, we made it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not pointing out a thing. I mean, he, was, he was just mad. He wasn't, it wasn't about her. It was all about that. Stuff. All right. Are people ready to quote? Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, does anyone have a uh, strong desire to have the first quote crack at a uh, choice quote? Me, me. 
May I? Go for it. Okay. okay. This, I, I, I just ha- I have to laugh at this because um, it, it was just, uh, I, I, I felt this way exactly. So I have to go now because I'm going to cry. <laughs> that when when uh, he, she was given oh. the Game Boy for was, the yeah, one. <laughs> Why would you even? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I. Yeah, there I'm was, done with I'm done with Sloan so yeah. much. Oh yeah, so you know there was this guy I dated, and he would like give me these things. And I'm like, what the heck? Is like this? presents that he wanted himself. Exactly. Yeah. Like why would why would you think to yeah. buy me a Dreamcast? I don't even play video games. I haven't played video games since like the mid '80s. Don't even. Yeah. Why? Does, does does anyone have a second quote from this scene? Because I, I was going to bring up the point that I that I was going to mention before you before you started okay. earlier. Go for it. I, unless ahead. Amy does. No, I no. no, I have a different one. Okay, you go ahead. Yeah. So so he said he said uh, I got these for you. The guy said they were yellow roses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was pretty funny. That one was pretty good. The guy said they were yellow roses. Like he wouldn't even know what a yellow rose is. Uh, I'll go ahead and do one. Sure. Um, one of my favorite ones was uh, it was heard. Well, it's shame on you, mom. Which I don't know if any of you guys. I heard that. that yes. No, I did not. Uh, I didn't catch that. When when we first see Jack doing the modern lines and he's doing it with um, Ellen. Oh. Uh, as as Jeffrey is walking out, you can hear it in the background, and it's just it's just funny yes. to me because like they had just like made a whole bunch of comments about what the hell is he doing, all this kind of stuff, and then for just shame on you, mom, to come out of Hamlet's mouth, to directed towards you know his mom, I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, I like that. I like <laughs> that little element. It was just right in the background as you were starting to focus on other things. Right, right, and you could easily miss it if you didn't get it, but they still slid it in there, which is why I like that. Yeah, a little maybe. bit of dialogue. I don't think I heard it because I don't hear the word mom anymore. I just block it. Out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, my turn. Okay. Um, my favorite quote of the episode was, I have wanted to be Ophelia ever since I saw Ellen play her. I was 12. Wow. The backstory and the past connections between these characters run deeper than we thought. Uh- I wonder if Kate has told Ellen this. Probably not. Probably I wonder not. if Kate is going to tell Ellen this at some point. I kind well, of hope so. Look what happened when she told um, told Oliver told, told Oliver about the Hamlet oh, that like instantly yeah. ruined her relationship with Oliver, even though oh, he wasn't around for very yeah, long. That's but. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she might be holding back on that. Maybe. Good point. I mean that, and that's, that's that 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 is. I mean, I don't know that Ellen did not again play Ophelia. Or whether this is the first time New Burbage has gotten back around to Hamlet since that fateful performance, but that was a uh, as 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 Jeffrey says at some point a rare that, that was it was that was uh, very short. Mm-hmm. So it was what three three performances three or four performances. performances? Yes. Yeah. I think that they did say that they did it. The they've done Hamlet before. Just it's never been. It's been schlocky or, you know, corporatized. Right. I think. I could be I, wrong, but I'm I think that sure. was mentioned in the first episode when Oliver was still alive. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I seem to remember something about that as well, but I can't recall. You have any other choice quotes? Um, nope. Let me look. Go for it, Darcy. If you don't say it, I will. 
Okay, I, I I want you to say it because I I really failed. I did not write down the whole whole quote. Oh, I don't have it. the whole quote other than please turn the That's tape. That's all I have too. But <laughs> and yeah. right before that, I think it was like I am God. Yeah, I, I am, am God. God. Yeah. I am God. Please turn, please the turn tape. tape. And she and there's something like the world revolves around me. Yeah. I am God. Please turn the tape. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. she actually speaks along with please turn tape. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. I've been I thinking know. that I don't know. all week. What that says, I mean, because obviously she's using that to pump herself up. She's on her way to see um, May. May. May? I think mainly it's just it's there to just show how many times she's listened to that tape to pump herself up, as opposed to her just running through the motions and not really absorbing what it's supposed to be about. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's just that was a great little. I don't think it was an ad lib. I think it was obviously intentional. But I thought that was a great little added part to it. Right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. pretty funny. Yes. Uh, man, I owe you some nachos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Or followed shortly by, I had Wookiees on my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anybody uh, have any last uh, quotes on this? Nope. Nope. Not me. Okay. Then it is time to rate the episode. I'll go first. So if you have a uh, if you have a rating system burning holes in your pocket, this would be a good time to go first, Ben. Yeah, just because the last episode, I mean, I haven't, I don't think I've, you've released episode four, so I haven't heard it yet. But I know that I was in a very pissy mood <laughs> and did not care for it very much. And I think I gave it four on good merit, but this one, I think I'm going to up it up to eight slices of za, uh, <laughs> mainly because I, it did bring me back into enjoying this show. So excellent. All right. Okay, I'll go next. I I enjoyed this episode. It was pretty good, yeah. And I really loved the scenes, all the scenes between Jeffrey and Oliver and Jack showing he actually is more than just a dumb action star. Mm-hmm. So I, I went for 7.5 out of 10 dreams about being naked on stage. <laughs> <laughs> What's that half dream like? <laughs> <laughs> It's just topless. Yeah, no, bottomless. <laughs> bottomless. <laughs> yeah. A half moon instead of a full moon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. What am I do with you guys? Oh. So I, I really did. I, again, you know, I've enjoyed every episode uh, almost to the same degree, but I have to be honest that this one, um, for some reason, you know, maybe I'm just in an emotional place in my life or something. It, it really brought me down. So, uh-huh. and I mean, that's okay. You know, that's part of it. I know we're going somewhere. So um, I am going to give it uh, six unwanted Game Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. All right. Well, uh, as the expert, of course, I have the uh, benefit of having uh, seen all 18 episodes. But uh, I definitely think, in terms of in reference of this season, it's it's it was you know, much more much much more of a coherent episode than episode three with all of its uh, madcap vignetting. Um, and I thought it really it really built it built somewhere. You know, there was there was the relentless. Uh, Hello. Pardon me. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you'd cut out. Oh, uh, I don't think I had. Maybe. No. Nope. nope. All right, we're good. Okay. The relentless um, what? Yeah. So it was a, this relentless um, building of 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 uh, tension and a building of uh, adversities to the production um, from from the uh, from the Richard and Holly camp, uh, leading all the way up to to an actual uh, intentional homicide by words. And and model, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the pen I, is mightier than the sword. 
Yes. That's right. So I am... Uh, I am going with a uh, rating of uh, eight model travesties out of ten. Awesome. That definitely was a travesty. I mean, <laughs> come on, Scrooge McDuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> clearly what that was. It was awesome. Okay. But horrible all at the same time. Well, gang, I do have an assignment for next week. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Please. Mm-hmm. You are to watch the final episode of season one of the series called Playing the Swan. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, what kind of reference to Hamlet is that? I wonder. I, I have no idea. I I haven't actually looked it up yet. Oh, it's been okay. my practice more. <laughs> it's been my practice more to to look it up afterwards. But uh, right, right. Okay. Um. So that is the assignment for next time. Uh. Hey, everybody out there. That's what we thought. You can tell us what you think. Our contact information. You can email the show at theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com the ghostlight podcast be sure to include the article um, on Facebook you can look us up as ghostlight podcast on Twitter we are at ghostlightpc and our website where you can find this and many other fine shows is www.quadruplez.com and that is spelled out the word quadruple letter z dot com also we have a voicemail line where you can call us. The phone number is area code 206-309-9389. And I have been neglecting to mention in previous episodes, but I will mention it again now, our theme song is Or Hamlet by the Brobdingnagian Bards and is used by permission and uh, by invitation, to be perfectly or, frank. Or Hamlet? O-R? Or, or Hamlet. O-O-R Hamlet. I, uh, Does that mean like poor? I like is it so. apostrophe O O R? Or is it R Hamlet? There's no apostrophe. It's definitely written as O O R. I have no what idea. Does that mean? I yeah. don't know. Or I'm a little vague on it myself, actually, but uh, mm. that is the All title right. of our theme music, which <laughs> you will be hearing shortly before possibly a uh, outtake or blooper if I can find one in the episode. I'm I'm always pessimistic before editing that I'm going to find anything funny to put at the end of the episode, but it usually crops up. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Something. So with that, unless anybody has anything pressing to say, we can wrap up this episode. Um, I am Paul Mackey, and I say goodbye. Um, this is Amy Bowen signing off. Darcy Sepernick, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and Ben Pfeiffer. Bye-bye. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night, everybody. Was this king sitting in his garden all alone when his brother in his ear were a wee bit of in vain? He stole his brother's crown and his money and his widow, but the dead king walked and got his son and said, Hey, listen, kiddo. Uh, they're looking at the sets. Um, hang on. We're holding for a moment. We are not clapping our hands at this moment. I don't think that would have been a problem in the background. Okay, sweetie. <laughs> you smart Alec. <laughs> What? Somebody just clapped their hands. Uh, no, I dropped my pen. Oh, so. you yeah, like yeah. clapped your hands. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Iris, please. I've been killed, and it's your duty then to take revenge on Claudius. Kill him quick and clean. Show the nation what a fraud he is. The boy says, right, I'll do it. Well, I'll have to play it crafty so no one will suspect me. I'll get on me. I'm a dafty. That's, that, that's ready to go for Iris once she's finally done. Okay. She's working on it. Oh, I think we need to go to Coburn's and buy alcohol tomorrow. Cute. Thanks. I'll be here all week. You having water? I'm having water, yeah. Yeah, sensible. Sensible me. Sensible you.
Okay. What am I doing crushing? I want a hole. That's very loud. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's getting some ice going here. Mm-hmm. Doling out the cocktails because apparently that's important. It is. I bet these people <laughs> want to get going, Paul. Hustle. Podcasting fluid. Hustle. <laughs> You're hustling. Yeah, it's to what? get my it's to get my language in order so I can speak on on mic. 